the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, we begin with a somewhat comical and a somewhat uncomfortable metaphor. For Christ to be the Good Shepherd, as we learn in the Gospel, we must invariably come to terms with our own identity as sheep. For those of us who did not grow up in the countryside, though, the shepherding analogy of this morning's parable may strike us as homely, but still very unfamiliar. Sheep seem, well, kind of dumb. In fact, they seem really dumb. Typically, when we employ a sheep metaphor, we are referring to someone's acute ability to follow along mindlessly with whatever is going on. In fact, one of the more humorous expressions of this notion is the recent pop cultural term, sheeple. But the thing that makes sheep what they are is not a lack of intelligence so much as a lack of perspective. Sheep don't actively seek their own destruction. They just happen to possess a woeful lack of awareness for what isn't directly right in front of them. Thus, when our Lord calls himself the shepherd, and by implication calls us his sheep, he isn't calling us stupid so much as commenting on our sometimes perilous, sometimes humorous inability to see the bigger picture. So how does Jesus act as our good shepherd? First, he becomes one of the sheep. St. John the Baptist, at the outset of the Gospels, in seeing Christ for the first time, cries out, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. St. John the Evangelist, in his grand vision of heavenly worship in Revelation, describes Jesus as one like a lamb who had been slain. Jesus does not remain aloof. He enters into our sheepish experience. The Good Shepherd leads the flock as the chief sheep. Because of this, he has a personal interest in our well-being. He can empathize with us. He cares for the sheep because he loves the sheep. But Jesus is not merely a sheep. He is both sheep and shepherd. In the Gospel, Jesus distinguishes himself as the shepherd over and against the hireling, a hired hand whose sole interest was not the well-being of the sheep, but rather how much he could profit on them in the slaughterhouse. The hireling doesn't own the sheep, but is a person who is a temporary guard until something more lucrative comes along. The hireling is characterized as staying around while times are good and profitable, but then bailing out when things become desolate or dangerous. The shepherd, on the other hand, loves the flock and forms a long-term relationship with the flock. The shepherd takes time to learn about the flock and gives it the dignity of his care over a long period of time, and even when circumstances become deadly. As both sheep and shepherd, Jesus enters into our world uh, while keeping his wits about him, and he can care for us because he is among us and one of us, and he's in it for the long term. He knows where the water is. He knows where the grass is good. He teaches sheep how to be sheep in the best possible way. But he is also the shepherd who can fight off the wolves and guard us through dark and perilous pathways. 
He sticks it out when things get tough and cares for the sheep, even if it means dying while protecting them. One person who understood well both of these aspects of our Lord is the author of our epistle, St. Peter. The Gospels record St. Peter as a well-meaning, but sometimes impetuous man. To his credit, he threw himself headlong into whatever he was doing. But at a critical moment, though, he lost heart and denied the Lord. After the resurrection, even so, Christ took St. Peter aside and restores him, saying, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter was a good sheep, and he was a sheep that went astray. Yet, in the warm light of the resurrection, Jesus makes this stray sheep into a shepherd. And in so doing, when St. Peter answers the epistle by saying, oh, he ends the epistle by saying, all ye were as sheep who went astray, he's speaking out of his own personal experience. St. Peter shows us a mystery of the Christian life, that the sheep who follow the shepherd faithfully become like the shepherd to other sheep. In Lent, we reflected on this. We reflected on the way we were sheep who had gone astray. But now, in Easter, in the light of the resurrection, Christ invites us to be the sheep of his pasture who are brought back, to be in our various ways shepherds like him. Today, it is appropriate to remember the good shepherds we have known, those people who have cared enough for us that they entered into our lives despite our lack of knowledge, insight, or even desirability, but who nevertheless gave themselves for our good. The good shepherd is Jesus, but he has given us many good shepherds to represent him in the pastors, teachers, parents, and mentors who have meaningfully impacted us. Today is a good day to give thanks to God for such people who have formed us and taking care of us in our need. It is also a good day to remember <clears throat> those for whom we are shepherds, whether they be our children, our students, our employees, or anyone for whom we fulfill a role as mentor or guide or leader. In the example of Christ, we remember that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We imitate him in all those situations in which we too give of ourselves for others in those ways we love the lovely and the unlovely alike for their highest and best good. In all the ways that we are sheep, in all the ways that we are shepherds, we have one Lord who is the exemplar, the luminary of both of these. So this morning, let us give thanks to the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Let us give thanks to the lamb who was slain, through whom we have life in the resurrection and Easter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. While we have time, let us do good unto all men, and especially unto them that are of the household of faith.